Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 150, 150 of the All Dolphins podcast. And Omar, we got nostalgic a little bit seeing the... The first episode we ever did. I I was like, wow, I can't even believe that. Um, I don't know how it came up on my time, uh, my YouTube timeline, but it was just like the first episode just sitting there looking at me. And I was like, wow, um, yes, this is nostalgic. Yeah, 150 days of seeing you generally straight. Can you imagine that? Yeah. No, somebody, seeing somebody for 150 straight days. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's harsh. That's rough. No, I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm just kidding. Imagine we if we didn't like each other, man. Yeah. Um. So anyway, it is episode 150. Before we get to the news of the day on this Tuesday, December 5th, 2023, we will we will as usual recognize a player who wore the number corresponding to the episode number. In this case, number 50. The first go around, we recognize Olivier Vernon. Ah. Uh. This one, I'm going to go back further in time to a guy I'm going to possibly imagine you've never heard of, a former first-round pick in 1976 who started for seven seasons for the Dolphins until he tragically died of a heart issue while jogging in the desert in July of 1983. Then That would be Larry Gordon, who was a very solid full-time starter, had a three-pick game late in the 1978 season against the Oakland Raiders. Who Hold were on, wait a minute. So he died while he was still an NFL player? Yeah. And this was, yeah, and, and this was a run, a sad chapter in Dolphin history. They had a run where it was almost every summer one of their players would die while still active, including David Overstreet, another former first-round pick who had played in the Canadian Football League and crashed his car into gas tanks in Texas. Yep, and whose son is now an assistant coach somewhere in the NFL. I want to say maybe Indy, used to be Indy for a bit. And also had another another linebacker, Rusty Chambers, who also died in the car accident. So it was a really rough stretch there uh, of summers. But Larry Gordon, again, was number 50, RIP, very, very good player. Uh, and our friend Marcel would know, would like to know probably that he played at Arizona State. Interesting. Yeah. So among the news to discuss here on this Tuesday, we have a nice honor for Alec Ingold, NFL, um, Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for the Dolphins. And this really interesting report that came out not that long ago about the Dolphins possibly being involved in a game in Brazil next year. That's not possibly it. It, You know it's going to happen because Steve Ross likes the international games. Correct. However, here's the thing. Based on the report from the gentleman, John Sutcliffe, who is based out of Mexico and despite his name is is Hispanic and very well-versed, obviously, in Latin American affairs, um, he pointed out very correctly that the Dolphins are the one team in the NFL that has those marketing rights. Remember, they did this like in May. They, yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only team that has marketing rights in Brazil is the Dolphins. And he saw he was talking about making it the regular season opener because of logistics. 
Here's the thing, though. If the Dolphins win the Super Bowl, they're not taking the game away from Hard Rock Stadium, or they should. I mean, let's not go that far. Let's not go that deep. A regular season opener in international waters, that doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't make any sense. That's the now, report from now the, the game. Now, the game going to Brazil, that makes sense. But a regular season opener, come on, man. That you don't you don't take your regular season opener somewhere else. Okay, dude, you're quite you can question me all you want. I'm, I'm just I'm telling you what the what the gentleman reported. Okay. Uh, well, well I, I, I think that the odds of them playing in Brazil this year or next year are highly likely. The odds of it being the regular season opener, robbing it from the South Florida fan base, um, which has had a ridiculous level of success in games at home, that would be cray cray. But Let's continue to move forward. Um, we got plenty of time to be talking about the 2024 schedule. Absolutely. We got, we got an entire offseason to do and and uh, no idea what the hell we'll talk about. Um, but well, we'll come up with stuff. And it, anyway, yeah, it, this, is, this isn't like to spend half an hour on it, but it yeah. certainly to me it was worth mentioning. So um, let's move on. The news of the day is that Jerome Baker, which is to nobody's surprise, suffered an MCL sprain. Now, MCL sprains, typically, I'm putting on my doctor hat because I've stayed in a Holiday Inn. MCL sprains typically take four weeks at the minimum. Can a guy come back and play on an MCL sprain with a brace on? Yes. Not a guy who's going to be changing directions and relying on his speed in terms of covering running backs. Um, so in my mind... Um, obviously Jerome Baker is not going on injured reserve right this minute, but in my mind, you got to get yourself prepared for Duke Riley to be the starter for the next four weeks, which basically covers you for the Tennessee Titans, the New York Jets, the Dallas Cowboys, and then probably on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, talk plenty of players and coaches talking up Duke Riley today. Um, Duke has been a reliable, consistent NFL player. Um, he's going, I've, I've been very impressed with him when he stepped up and had the opportunity to actually step up. There were times when David Long missed all of OTAs. Um, there were times when he would even, I think Mike McDaniel even acknowledged that Duke was pushing Jerome Baker for the starting spot at one point. Um, Duke, Duke's got some talent. Yeah. Yeah. I think he said it today. He said that today. I don't, I don't recall. Yeah, he said he said he said something along those lines today. Like you know, he was rubbing it in our face. So I like I like our depth. I've always liked our depth. You know, there are times and and Duke spent all of the training camp with the start all of OTAs with the starters before David Long got freed and released from from basically rehab work. Uh then we also have to have Andrew Van Ginkle in the mix because Andrew Van Ginkle still plays the inside linebacker. But what's most important is that the green dot is not going to David Long. The green dot is actually going to Duke Riley, which means Duke Riley is the every down inside linebacker and David Long is not. Why is that? Because Duke Riley is better in pass coverage. And in fact, back in the Brian Flores era, that's what he was. He was the dime inside linebacker in, in working in pass coverage. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out and whether or not it waters down Miami's number seven defense. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not expecting a major impact from that particular situation. I, I think in terms of 
damn, no, 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 no drop off from Jerome Baker to Duke Riley, in your opinion? I don't think it's significant, no. And I, it, I okay, it's a ma it's a massive drop off. I hope Duke the Riley's good. I mean, Jerome Baker's contributor. I, 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 I never understood what fans. You know, fans always get this, you know, that guy sucks mentality. Jerome Baker's contributed 100 tackles every season, every season of his career. He's been the starter every season of his career. Relatively durable player. This is the first time he's ever gotten really hurt. Um, is he sexy? No, but he's giving you some sexy plays this year. He's a very good blitzer. They rarely ever ask him to blitz. Um, now, show me what Duke does. Because I know what you're just finished talking up Duke Riley, and now you're gonna. Oh, I, I, like Duke. Duke. I like Duke, but is he Jerome Baker? But my issue is he's not Jerome Baker, and you're like, oh, it's no, not gonna be any drop. -off. I don't think it's a significant drop off. It's funny because you, it, man, wow, dude, you, you just like you spend five minutes talking about singing the virtues of Duke Riley, and then the next second, the second I say it's not a significant drop off, you're like, really? You're like, no, I don't expect it to be a significant. I'm a drop professional sparer. What do you want from me? Yeah, You're my, yeah. Here, listen, listen. I want consistency no. from you, Omar. No, 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 no. You, I said that Duke Riley is a decent borderline starter. Jerome Baker is a starting linebacker in the NFL. You're is saying he an impact difference maker on defense. He's yeah. a solid. He's a solid starter. Okay. Who, if you rank impact players on this defense is what? Number seven, number eight. Fair. Okay. okay. I, don't, I don't think whatever you lose in terms of, of quality from Jerome Baker to Duke Riley, and obviously Baker's a better player. There's a reason he's a starter and not Duke Riley, but I don't think the gap is, is significant enough considering the impact that Baker makes for, for it to affect the quality of the entire defense. I think, I would have been, I would, let's say to me, in those terms, the loss of J Jalen Phillips potentially was more impactful. Jalen Phillips to Andrew Van Ginkle is more impactful? What's the bigger gap? Ho, 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 ho. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. You just said, let, let me put this so you can understand it and we can, we can dissect this. You just said J J Jalen Phillips who was arguably trending up and was very good player, probably a top four player on the defense when, cause he was getting hot. Is oh, a he huge had gotten hot. Forget he was getting hot. He had gotten hot. He okay. You said that he's a bigger drop off from Jalen Phillips to Andrew Van Ginkle, who we will both acknowledge was the star of the defense. The, was the star of the defense when Jalen Phillips was out. Correct. We both acknowledge that we both against Washington. Yes. No, not just Washington. No, 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 no. I'm talking oh, about earlier in the season. Star of the, star of the defense is a little strong for my taste. Oh, he, he was the star of the defense. Wasn't he leading the team in sacks when, when Phillips was out? Didn't he have monster games when Phillips was out? He didn't just all of a sudden just pop up magically. And he was playing great. I don't know. Again, star of the defense is a little strong for him. Who was the star of the defense back then? Who was the star of the defense back then? I'm here two guys up front if you, if you want to go who, with somebody. Who? Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins at that time. He had more sacks than them. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't realize the work of an interior defensive lineman strictly about getting sacks. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. Touche to you on that one. Okay. All right. Well played. Um, but no, 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 no. I'm not going to let you let, let that slide. Uh, Giants, Carolina. Hold on. Here we go. I'm not, I'm not going to let that slide. What is it you're not going to let slide? 
the fact that you said that the drop-off is bigger from Jalen Phillips to Andrew Van Ginkle than it is from Jerome Baker to Duke Riley. Because it, because partly because it's a more impactful position. If we're gonna if we're gonna compare players, I like Duke Riley. I think he's a really solid player. I think you and I both like ABG a little bit better. Yes. Fair. I think Jalen Phillips is a clearly more impactful player than Jerome Baker. Yes. Okay. And I think edge defender in this defense and in most defenses actually is a lot more impactful position than an inside linebacker. Than the green dot player who plays every green dots about communicating the, the, the yeah so when you don't think communication breakdowns is a big thing you don't think uh, having everybody on the same page having everybody do it you don't think that's a big role that i mean there's only one green dot player you mean relaying the calls from from the side from from the and and, and making sure everybody's making the right calls when the adjustments are there that's his job not this quarterback of the defense that everybody keeps talking about i'm not going to say the name um no, no, let's go there. Let's go there. Come on. No, 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 not going there. Not oh, going there. Geez. You Listen. want to smoke my way, but you don't want the smoke coming back. That, uh, that's the secondary quarterback of the secondary. Yes. If that player wore the green dot, then he'd be the green dot player. There's one guy talking to Vic Fangio or listening to Vic Fangio. But I said what I said. I like Duke Riley. I don't think the drop off is going to be significant. I don't think the defense is going to lose that much. Okay. And and as far as the other thing is concerned, with AVG and Phillips, let's not be prisoners of the moment where AVG had a huge game, and, and I have nothing but confidence in more the than one huge game. Don't be disrespectful. I'm, I'm talking about for for this particular time now that that that. Oh, 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 I'm not I'm not just talking about Washington. I'm talking about the earlier games. I know that I'm talking okay. about I'm talking about for this particular time. Um, and dude, the best case scenario is there's no drop off in either case. That's the best case scenario. And I think the Dolphins are have put themselves in a position where and there's somebody in here, and it's not me, who kept who kept panicking about the depth of this team throughout the summer. And again, are it you wasn't gonna me. call me out like that. Are you really gonna there's, call me out like that? Where's a lie? I was concerned about depth. Okay, depth, thank you. Depth on the offensive line. Every, you were concerned about the depth pretty much everywhere. Yeah. yeah, depth on the offensive line, depth at cornerback, which you saw reared its ugly head early in the season, depth on the defensive line, depth at inside linebacker. Did I not have a right, depth at tight end? Did I not have a right to have my concerns about depth? Okay, everybody, a lot of players have stepped up. Julian Hill has stepped up. Um, you know, I didn't expect, uh, uh, you know, them to be completely healthy on the defensive line until they lost Jalen Phillips. Okay, now you've gone a good stretch. You you finally suffered an injury at inside linebacker, and now your depth is being tested. But at least I was right at cornerback. Come on, at least give me that. I, I, except the problem is, is you're talking about because you lost Jalen Ramsey, who was like one of the best top three or five. No, 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 because no. you were because you were starting Eli Apple and had to play have Cater Kohu play on the boundary and. Justin Bethel being a dime and all this, yeah, it's all right. But, yeah, but, but it, we, we're talking about one injury impacting everything. And again, how many teams in the NFL could lose a guy like Jalen Ramsey and not feel it? Yeah. I mean, at, uh, offensive line. Definitely. Another one for me. <laughs> Touche. I'll, I'll let it slide. I mean, you can call me. Yes, I was concerned. I, and this, and I not have true. a right – did I not have a right to be concerned about the depth? 
I, I think it was overblown. I, and I, and I, I, I could be wrong because I'm sure, I'm sure somebody out there is going to say, well, I, I said the same thing. I'm pretty sure I had said I wasn't quite as concerned as you were, that I think they, overall the, their depth was actually wasn't bad. Um, I mean, clearly, Mike McDaniel brings it up at every possible opportunity, so he's rubbing it in that, that they, they were right and I was wrong. Okay. Keon Smith. I mean, again, see, and I don't, this is where I don't put much stock in it because we all, we all know they're going to say the entire time that our, 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 our you know, yeah. our depth is great, depth is great. And if it turns out that if the offensive line had completely gone into to shambles after the injuries, it's not like what they would have said, Oh, mom, we were wrong. I mean, you know, obviously, obviously they're going to publicly back all their players, which is what they're, they should they're do. They're going to publicly shame us at the fact that, yeah, where our season hasn't fallen apart, even though our offensive line is on falling apart. They, that Mike McDaniel might bring that up every single day. He's like, as I as I told you guys when we were talking in training camp, I like our depth. I like our depth. We like our depth. Okay. And I will again, I will again make the argument that the scheme and the skill position players, including the quarterback, make life a lot easier for this offensive line than than other systems that depend more on having an elite offensive line. Like I think, for example, the Eagles the Eagles ask a lot more of their offensive line than this particular scheme demands, and that's a credit to McDaniel. It's a credit to to, to everybody on offense, and and even to that point, they have done the job. But it's again, it's a different off. It's a different scheme. You know, it's funny. I'm system. Here's the thing: the Dolphins are system offensive linemen. How's that? Yeah, they, I mean, they are system offensive linemen. They're outside zone offensive linemen. They're, they're athletes. Um, they 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 play on the edges. Yeah, they are system offensive line. Um, but I saw not that I put stock in pro football focus grades because I do not at all. But I saw that they have rated Austin Jackson as the top offensive tackle in the NFL from last from last week's game, mm-hmm. which I thought was like, okay, I didn't. I personally did not see that. But hey, props to him. I think Austin's doing a phenomenal job. He talked today um, and, and really talked about Austin's a Austin mentally is a different person this year than he was previously, but um, talked about all the things that he's done, strength in the areas of his body that that he knew were, were the weak areas. And I've had this conversation with him privately as well. Um, and, you know, he he's playing well. He's playing about as good as you would have possibly be have hoped that a first round pick would have played. Um, and then he also talked about Liam Eikenberg and how Liam Eikenberg has kind of worked his way out of that mental rut and confidence, building his confidence. Now he's a confident player, um, and it's good to see. And really parlaying this into a further deeper conversation, um, which is something that I will be addressing on alldolphins.com, which you can find your work for free because that's what we do. We do it for free. That's how we roll. How many stores today, Pupar? I have seven so far. All right. I don't think you're getting seven stores from your newspaper that you're actually paying for. Um, But Robert Hunt looks like he's going to be shut down again. The Dolphins were ultra cautious with him, holding him out for an entire month. Mike McDaniels classified the play that he got injured on a fluke play. That was something that 
couldn't have been prevented. It wasn't that we brought him back too soon and it just strained the hamstring. Um, we, if we know how Mike McDaniel rolls, we know that more than likely Robert Hunt will be shut down again for the pursuable future. I don't know how long, maybe till that final three game stretch. Which are um, what, Omar? Come on, you can do it. Elimination games. There you go. Um, That's, for you. That's for you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, he talked about them today again, too. Um, the, he, he, I, Did he I use love, that term? Huh? Did he use that term? I didn't, I didn't catch that. Um, we we know what, what point he's talking about when he's talking about those games. We we know what it's fu- it's so funny to to see this team and they know exactly where they are. They know exactly how good they are. Um, they and, and even having a conversation with Christian Wilkins, where Christian Wilkins basically was like, "Yeah, we we're blowing, te- we're beating teams by thirty points." This is not him saying it. This is me. We're beating teams by thirty points, but we haven't even played our best ball yet. We haven't even like. And I would agree with them. Not even the fifty burger. They played their best ball. They 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 have not played their best be- brand of football yet. And they're just blowing teams out, which shows you that there's a lot of potential here. And there's a lot of, 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 there's a lot of upside to what they can do. Now, the key is to be peaking at the right time. However, as you will know, and I got O-line IBS, peaking at the right time requires good offensive linemen. And right now, no Robert Hunt. Teron Armstead is on a, a, we're gonna trust him. Program that's but, gonna be the the, the the rest of the way, gang. Just get get ready for it. You know it's no, gonna be no. You, you know what it needs to be. It needs to be. He needs to be shut down for the next two weeks. And I am a Teron Armstead fan. I think Teron Armstead is a phenomenal player. The person that I've seen on the field the last two weeks that ain't Teron Armstead. And. I think Mike McDaniel said that there are things that he's doing where he's not like he knows he has to dial it back on this particular play because of what he's battling or what he's going through. I'm sorry. I don't like that version of Teron Armstead. I like the guy that's firing off the ball, turning the corner, getting to the second level. And if I can't have that guy, and I know Kendall Lamb is battling a back injury, but I'm I, I want to I, I I want Kendall Lamb on that line, and I want Teron resting for the next two weeks, so that I can hope that I can get him back for for those final three critical games at a higher level. Now, what Mike McDaniel also acknowledges his level of frustration with this and these injuries and the season he's he's having and the reputation he's built and the durability concerns and no way to turn the page on that outside of play. But then when you're out there playing at 70% and not looking like yourself, are you really hurt helping yourself in the team? Correct. And and he if he was hoping to erase, you know, that 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 cloud over his head of being, you know, like injury prone and all that, that ship has sailed for 2023. Because <laughs> even if he plays the rest of the way, it's still going to be, well, the Toronto again dealt with the injuries. So at this point, I and I agree with you. I, I hate doing that, but this is one. This is one for you. Shut him down for the next two weeks, because um, I'm going to say it. They'll win the next two weeks, with or without Teron Armstead. Easy games, huh? Per, huh, poop. They're games that they clearly should win. That if they play again, so this is completely clear. No, it's not an automatic. 
And yes, it will be as impressive as anything else because that you're paid to win games. The but the fact is they're going, they're 13 point favorites against the Tennessee Titans on Monday night, and the following against the Jets, they're going to be 10, 11 point favorites. And those are games that if they play them under you know say same players and all that, same venue, same dates, they play them a hundred times. The Dolphins beat Tennessee what 97 times. They play the Jets, they'll beat them what 95 times. Like, I'm sure you said that about Cincinnati Bengals and the Jacksonville. No, I, would, I wouldn't have said that that many times because Cincinnati's a better team, much better team than either of those. And and also the Dolphins are better than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, That's new from you. The Dolphins are better than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the two day two days ago, you said you were you were worried about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I was worried about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number one, because it turns out I was wrong. I think I overestimated. Um, their defense, number one, and then number two, because their schedule was very favorable. Uh, but in addition, beside the fact that they had some bad injuries to them last night, now they've lost Christian Kirk for the year or for at least a few weeks. And Trevor Lawrence looks like they escaped horrible news, but he's got a high ankle sprain. He's going to be just out. make him move. Correct. Um, just move him off his spot. But the bigger story, the bigger story last night was that their defense got completely smoked by Jake Browning, who looked better than anybody would have guessed outside of Cincinnati. Um, but, even, but even at that, I mean, it, it looked bad. They gave up, a, like, I think it was 496 yards. That's not Super Bowl contender. Um, so now at this point, yeah. And, again, the Dolphins have shown that they have more firepower when they're operating right than probably any team in the NFL. Dallas is the only team that's close, unless I'm mistaken. There's somebody else, but Dallas is the only team. 49ers, baby, they got some firepower. They do. Number one rated quarterback. They do. Debo except, Samuels. Except. Christian McCaffrey. The one difference with those two teams, though, is, no. again, no team has the quick strike ability of the Dolphins. Okay. And and that's the thing. And I'd rather be – you know, I'd rather run with power than have quick strike. I agree, except the difference is that the Dolphins could play like crap for three quarters and be down 14 points and then two plays and two 75-yard bombs there back in the game. Um, That's fair. So anyway, the bottom line is where I was getting at is absolutely, I think those the next two games the Dolphins should handle with or without their own Armstead, get them ready for the stretch run, and which is when, as you mentioned, absolutely you want to build while continuing to win, secure that number one seed, and you want to build heading into the playoffs with him playing at that time, playing your best football. Would you be confident and comfortable with Keon Smith starting at left tackle against Tennessee Titans? Yes. Damn. I'd, I'd be fine. I'd be for based on what I saw against Washington. And I, and I understand a lot of it was just straight ahead running, which is a lot easier on offensive lineman. but the dolphins, I trust Mike McDaniel enough to scheme it. Butch Berry too. Yeah, but. The scheme comes from Mike McDaniel. Let's Keon Smith, Lester Cotton, Connor yeah. Williams, Liam Eikenberg, Austin Jackson. You're good with that line. Perfectly fine with that line. Um, whatever concerns I may have had about the Tennessee defense were greatly alleviated with the news that Jeffrey Simmons is not playing. <laughs> that dude, that dude. Yes. That dude's a difference maker. We're going to talk about major drop off when you lose one guy. Yes. Not right there. Yes, absolutely. No, um, I am not where you are. I, okay. I still have, you know, I have trust issues. Um, well-established, well-documented, very valid trust issues. 
And while Liam Eikenberg is building my trust, um, if you have Keon Smith and Lester Cotton on the left side of the line, now I've got concerns over there. Then I got my two reclamation projects over here um, that make me a little bit, a little queasy on, on the right side. So I'm not comfortable with that. If if Kendall Lamb is healthy, I, and I said no. Okay, I, I apologize. I don't know if anybody knows how to like take their phone off their computer, like let me know because I, I absolutely do not know. Um, I'm not computer savvy. Um, oh. I'm not. I'm not either. That's only. That's the only reason I mock because I'm not either. Yeah, I, I'm like I have no, my my computer actually switched with like the the Google Chrome thing. It like did an update and it changed colors, and I just hate change. So I'm like. I'm like bothered by it. I'm like, go back to the, what it was. But anyway, somebody, um, in the, somebody in the comments, please comment about how it's probably in a setting somehow you can change it. But go ahead. I uh, yeah, and, and like I don't know how to. One, I don't have my phone, my texting connected to my Apple, but like I don't know how to shut off the 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 call call log. But anyway, that's a that's another story. Um, what was I saying? Um, I'm not I'm not there yet. On the offensive line. If, if Kendall Lamb is out there. Okay, I'm okay. I, I I will my IBS will 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 be under control. But Keon Smith, I know he, I know he played great and it was admirable. Um, but let's not pretend those weren't pass play sets, and he wasn't facing a dominant, forceful, um, def pass rushing defensive end. Chase Young, Montez Montez Sweat. Those those aren't. Oh wait a second, they traded him. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, and. Listen, props to Keon. He has proven me wrong because I didn't think he deserved a spot on the 53 initially. And Mike McDaniel and the staff have proved me wrong because, good God, have offensive linemen gone down like crazy in this league. Um, and props to him for what he's done and what he's been able to accomplish. But am I ready to say he's ready to start an NFL game? Mm -mm. No, sir. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not concerned again because, and again, this is part partly the scheme makes life easy on the offensive lineman. You're gonna, I mean, this is where this is where we're talking about. It's not the schemes, the quarterback. As I, as I was saying, it, the, the scheme, the oh, you're just gonna ignore what I said, right? I know. I heard. I heard you loud and clear. The scheme executed. And you're just gonna well. ignore. <laughs> well, two is not the one calling. Like what? Oh, but he's the one getting the ball out of his hand quickly. To guys who are wide open, yes, he does that very, very well and very accurately. Again, everything working in unison. All right, all right, all right. I'll let it ride. I'll let, I'll no, let everything it. working in unison and, and two is yeah, doing it's the not, top it's of not the play call. Yes, there are check downs associated with every play. And Tua gets the ball out of his hand quickly because Tua gets the ball out of his hand quickly. He got the ball out of his hand quickly with Brian Flores. Except that now it's working because because these guys are getting open very quickly. Tyreek Tyreek will will get five yards behind the DB, thirty yards downfield in two seconds. So where where Tua doesn't have to hang on to it, and Keon Smith doesn't hey, have to hold on to the ball for one point five seconds, sir. Okay. The point remains, so that's why I'm not overly worried about that. Uh, and speaking of Tyreek and speed, Hard Knocks episode number three is tonight, and and you knew. I think the second we saw DK Metcalf surpass Tyreek Hill for fastest speed in the NFL this season, you knew Tyreek wasn't that wasn't gonna. Listen, 
I I want I was looking for him Friday. I'm 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 uh, but because I thought I was gonna bring it up so I could get a response because I want you know I want to turn Tariq into the cheetah, and lo and behold, his position coach his his position coach Watch Walker's a guy just like laid it up on the offering. Hey, DK Metcalf, the fastest guy in the NFL, took you down, Tyreek. And, and then it's like, what is what is that man going to say? What is he going to do, especially on a bum ankle? Like, w- w- like. No, Rick, I don't know if you saw the clip that the, that they played as a teaser where now Welker is suggesting, hey, dude, organize something in, in the summer. And then Tyreek's like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. You know, I, yeah. I want to get paid. He's like, I'm not racing anybody. Well, he said that not – you know, I'm not for free or whatever, and that's where Welker goes. Get sponsors, you'll you'll get like a million dollar purse. I think they could do that very easily. Oh yeah, no, we they could do that very easily. We we did. I am athlete uh, Terrell Owens and the bum. They set up a race, and I think we got five hundred thousand for it. And that's two washed up old athletes. Like so, like I you know, like what? Who like, Owens won, right? Huh? What one's won, right? What Owens one or the dude whose name? Ah, the uh, the bum kept kept keeps running from Owens. The oh, bum, they haven't done it yet. Okay. Nah, he's he's ducking him. He's not because he knows he's gonna smoke him. Um. So yeah, and that's why Terrell's slandering him at every possible turn. Um, because he yeah, bro, we we you know how hard we worked to raise to get that five hundred thousand dollars, and then he didn't want he 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 was scared of Tio because Tio's a freak of nature. And he still is a freak of nature. I think Tio's still running like a four-four, which is ridiculous. Um, no argument there. Uh, and getting to that point, um, this is something that I want to discuss because I am considering writing a column, and it's an about-face viewpoint. And I, I talked to my colleague Chris Perkins, who actually wrote this column maybe a month ago, which is Tyreek should be the MVP candidate for the Dolphins and not Tua Tungvaloa. I am starting to shift my opinion from this standpoint. I think Tyreek has been, is the best receiver that we've seen in the NFL since Terrell Owens. I think he is better than Calvin Johnson. I think he's far more dynamic than Randy Moss, as Wes Welker has said. Um, And we're talking a first ballot hall of famer right now. He puts together three more seasons like he's doing like, He's so he's close to 10,000 yards already. Um, and if he does get to 2,000 yards, as as something that Chris Perkins said to me, what quarterback in the NFL who the MVP award usually goes to is playing at a higher level than Tyreek Hill is at his position right now? What quarterback is playing better than Tyreek is at wide receiver? Well, well, is is everything you're saying sounding familiar? And I, I feel like a jilted lover here because you're like saying, well, Perkins convinced me. Like, like I haven't been saying this for the past. How long have I been saying this? Yeah, but yours is, yours is filled with Tua slander and Tua. T- <laughs> wow. It, it, wow. It, it, was there a bus coming where you're trying to throw <laughs> me under? No, 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 no. Right. I, I still will say that Tua is Tua is the engine that makes this thing go. Then, by definition, what you just said there indicates that you that from your standpoint, Tua should be the MVP. If he's the engine that makes everything go, and I said to me, this offense is special because of Tyreek Hill, more more so than any other player on the team. 
even while Tua is playing at an MVP level. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I, I will. I will make this argument. Okay. I will make this argument. Let's say Tyreek has to sit because of his ankle injury. I think you can insert Jalen Waddle into Tyreek's role, and you can put Chosen on the field. And yes, there will be drop off, but it will be. Jalen Phillips to Andrew Van Ginkle drop off more than Jerome Baker to Duke Riley drop off. And I know Tyreek is a freak of nature, but I think the offense would still be running at a very efficient rate. Yes, you might not get two strikes for 120 yards, but that's partly because you're playing a bum defense in, in Washington. But you're still no, no, get... no, 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 no. When he does it against, he's done it. How many times has he done it this year? He, he, yeah, he's done it like eight times this year. He's done. Okay, yeah. So it's not because it was strictly Washington. Yes, but I think that I think a lot of this is they're feeding Tyreek. Yes, he's open all the time. Oh, they are feeding Tyreek. No question. They it's are feeding Tyreek. It's like you're you're literally in the same within the same podcast talking about how you've kind of shifted your thinking into the, the into Tyreek deserving to be the MVP, and now you're like backtracking and arguing against yourself and saying that Tua should be the MVP. Because uh, you've convinced Tua is still the engine that may it does not work the same with Mike White. It's not going to work the same with Mike White. It, but we it, don't know that. <sighs> and we don't know that. And please don't go, please don't go to 2022 where I have to bring up the, the no, I, nobody wants to hear about Teddy Bridgewater's numbers. Okay. No, 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 okay. no, no. And Omar, no. then you don't know that. And and, and there's stat that I'm going to counter. If, if it, everything is the same without Tyreek, how is it that every single solitary completion of more than 35 yards this season for Tua, and he has 10 of them, have gone to Tyreek? Every single one of them. Because Tua ain't looking for nobody else downfield. <laughs> he, he's he's not. Jalen Waddles, Jalen, you, you can't look for Jalen Waddle down the field? He's not. He's just not. I, I don't know why. I feel like Jalen Wall and Jalen Wall is the one because Tyreek's the one who's consistently, regardless of the attention he gets from opponents, getting down the field and creating those big plays like no receiver ever. Yeah. What he's doing is a Tyreek. Here's the thing, and I said this on Twitter Tua is having an MVP type of season. Tyreek Hill is having a historic season. Mm, and like that, that to me, that to me should be recognized. I That's like all. That. Okay, I'll, hold on. Let me write that down. I'm going to steal that from you. Do I get one of these? Get one of these? Yeah, you get one of those. Um, and 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 the, again, this is not too a disrespect because I, I said. I was it, serious about stealing that, by the way. You what? I was serious about stealing that, by the way. Go for it. All right. Yeah. We'll put a double byline on it. <laughs> one line like, like <laughs> anybody cares about bilings or double bilings yeah i know um I, I think you make i think even though you talked me out of my own argument then you talked me into my own argument i do think too is having an mvp caliber season and we all know that that award goes to the quarterback with the best record and the best team generally unless they've won it already right? we will agree that's how this mvp thing works right Correct, but here, here's the thing, though, and, and if you follow, if you follow like the national media, I have never seen narrative start to shift toward. Hmm, I think Tyreek deserves consideration. E, uh, ESPN was a get up this morning. Reporter Dan Graziano, Dominic Dominic Foxworth, mm -hmm. who's a former NFL player, both said Tyreek deserves to be the MVP. 
Peter King, who's who's about as as well respected an NFL writer as there is. That he is the king. That the name okay. is fitting. Okay, he did he did like his top five, and he had I believe he had Tyreek fifth, and two are not among his top five. Mm-hmm. So I so I I think if there was a year, and, and and that's the thing, if there was a year where you could go away from automatically quarterback of the number one and the number two seed, this would be the year. Just like Adrian Peterson when he won it. He got Correct. it for 2,000 yards. Correct. And I don't see any quarterback just absolutely trailblazing it. Dak maybe has a chance, but that, that would assume that he doesn't have a, a flat line in, at the end of the season like he usually does. Um, they're not going to give it to Brock Purdy, no matter what his team does or he accomplishes, just because his Thanks. resume is not substantial enough. Except and, he's the one he's the one who's the betting favorite right now. The problem to me, the problem with Brock Purdy is he's not the best player on that offense. Correct. I mean, not, and in fact, in fact, he's not even the second best player on that offense. I to me, I take McCaffrey and Debo Samuel above him. Yeah. And then Jalen Hurts, he's got to fix his team. So hey, they just got pummeled by the 49ers. Mm-hmm. See, Miami, Miami lost one embarrassing game and and didn't beat the three. Super Bowl contenders on the road and everybody's like, oh, look at them. They're not, they're pretenders. Um, the Eagles got pummeled by the 49ers. Yeah, yeah. The, the problem with your argument there, Omar, is in the five weeks before that, the Eagles beat the Cowboys, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Dolphins. I, yeah, think, I, mean, I think they've earned themselves some slack. Okay, very, very well well said. Another mint for you. Another mint for you. I'm going to get the, can you tell me? Can I get sick from having too many mints? I have to ask my. Oh, okay. You you have one. You have one good day. You have one good day, and all of a sudden, it's 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 uh it's uh you taking a victory lap here. I I'm not you. taking a victory lap. I just and and rega- regardless, I'm gonna get killed in the in, in the in the comment section. Regardless, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know why they're here. They're here to hear your slander on Tua. Um, <laughs> nice guitar playing, by the way. I will get. I'll give. Them oh my one. gosh! Like I asked Christian, like. He's got a like, like I knew he could play the ukulele. I did not know he could play the guitar like that. And he's he's so talented, multi-talented guy. Two's oh, gonna that was, own, yeah, that was very good. Um, he's gonna own like a Hawaii hotel, and I think he's gonna do like a, a, a what what do you call it? a residency? What tours bed and breakfast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the bigger hotel than that. I'm sure. Oh, okay. Like, bro. And Tua can come on. Tua's a big star. Tua's a big, big, big star. You, people go see Tua play his his guitar. You don't think so? Yeah, if he plays, yeah, if he, if he plays it well, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not sure of that. Yeah. Um. As, since I know we're on the verge of wrapping it up, I do. I did start off at the beginning, and I, I do want to again another hat tip to Alec Ingold for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award nomination as a Dolphins representative. Um, and if you saw, if you saw, if you watch any kind of NFL over the weekend, you saw as my cause, my cleats was all over the place uh, telling his story about how he was adopted at birth and he's gone about, you know, helping families and all that. Um, super guy, very, very deserving. He actually was a nominee for the Raiders in 2020 back before he joined the Dolphins. Uh, we, we both like him a lot as a football player as well. I mean, great dude. So, Mm-hmm. The uh, the overall winners are not announced until February. The Dolphins, by the way, have had three winners, three league-wide winners of the award. Jason Maybe Taylor, who else? He won. 
The other two before. Think Hall of Fame. Dan Marino. Dan Marino. There's a third one. Bob Greasy? No. No. Uh, maybe the best center in the history of the NFL. Dwight Stevenson? Dwight Stevenson. Okay. So, um, those will be the three winners. We will be back later today to do a live. Are we doing it live? Episode. We're, live. We're not doing it live. I'm not doing it. We're doing it live. Okay. A live recap of the Hard Knocks episode. Um uh, I, I'm, I'm excited for seeing this episode because as I, as I, I kind of, I didn't feel like the storylines have been good. And I just so happened to tell hard knocks people during, during Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to criticize everybody, which I do. You told them, raise your game. I told him raise your game. I I, I just think there are way more storylines and way better storylines than what they've told. The Jalen Phillips, it was a phenomenal storyline, but there's so many more on this team. Um, and so I'm looking forward to seeing them. They accepted the challenge. I'm looking forward to seeing them. I mean, and it takes a minute for guys to warm up to them and see that they're not a threat and see what the program is like to sort of cooperate. So hopefully that's what we're going to see more guys cooperate because I think right now, it's only Tua, Cheetah, and McDaniel, who basically are the guys who are forced, who are who know that we have no choice. We're doing this for the NFL. Tyreek basically basically said, "If you don't find me anymore, I'll do it." And and the NFL has 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 looked the other way on some of his celebrations and antics. And Christian Wilkins looked like he's getting a little bit more involved, and hopefully we can see. What storyline would you like to see from this week? Well, we've seen the two trailers, which are the the roller coaster ride at a touchdown celebration, which was absolutely hilarious. Um, and then the Tyreek with the speed thing. Uh, I don't think they'd go there, but I, I think, well, a, a chance return to the lineup would be interesting. I'm not sure they're going to go there. There, you they got to, man. You A chan is a, like a fantasy phenom. Every like he's on everybody's fantasy team. They're they're locked in. They need to know about this young rookie. He finally gets unleashed and has two touchdowns. You can't ignore it. I hope not. Uh Teron's travails would be another one. Interesting. Look at I you. Look at I, you. It's almost like I've been telling stories for 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 a couple of years, right? Absolutely. Um, I think AVG preparing for his first start replacing Jalen Phillips. There's another look one. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. Oh, it's almost like you've done this for 30 years, huh? Almost, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, tell me the Andrew Van Ginkle story, baby. That, that's mm-hmm. let's did I you know, let, let let's let's improve on these storytelling and, and tell the full picture of this team. And, and what I and I know in closing. I know you don't want them to open with a scene of Mike McDaniel giving a speech to the whole team. Oh my God. That, that is so boring. I mean, maybe because I listen to Mike McDaniel all the time. Yeah. And I listen to the rambling all the time, two minutes and 30 seconds, no matter what question you ask him. I know because I have to hold the camera for two minutes and 30 seconds. So like, let's open it some other way. All right. That works. Like, another, you, could, you could open it with the planning of the celebration of, 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 the, of, the, of the, of the, I don't care. Open it some other way. Or Send another it. Campanelli speech. <laughs> I said, I'm still looking to me. 
what I'm going to do the rest of the series is to see if there will ever be a better quote when all over the world they speak ass whooping. Uh, that, 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 that's my focus the rest of the series. So we will be back uh, tonight at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. Uh, the show kind of ends early. So, yeah, I guess 10 o'clock. We'll be live doing a recap of the Hard Knocks episode. And then tomorrow we got Behind Enemy Lines, Teron Davenport, boss reporter for ESPN, joins us. So look forward to that. You know where how to find our work, alldolphins.com. You know how to find the podcast, All Dolphins, on every platform, audio and video. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tonight. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.